Welcome to the You Are The Key podcast. I'm your host, Life Coach Kiana. If you are tired of living for other people, not having time to do things you enjoy doing, and you are ready to start consciously creating your life and embark on a journey of self-love and self-discovery, then you have come to the right place. Each week, I'll share my knowledge, tools, and personal stories to help guide you in unbecoming and unlearning all the patterns and beliefs that no longer serve you in order to find your way back to your true self. I'm so glad you're here. Now let's get into the episode. Hello (laughs) and welcome to another episode of the You Are the Key podcast. I am so happy that you press play and you are here. Let's just dive right in. Today, I want to talk about the subconscious mind, also known interchangeably as the unconscious mind. Okay, you might have heard that. Same thing. So, let's first talk about our conscious mind, okay? So, it is what we are consciously aware of, our conscious thoughts, what we're thinking right now. But guess what? That only makes up 5% of our decision-making and the thoughts that we think. Yes, 5%. So the part of our brain that is responsible for 95% of our thoughts, our decision-making, the actions we take, is our subconscious mind. You guys, our subconscious mind literally rules our life. So our limiting beliefs are running in our subconscious mind. So we can consciously say that we want something, like we want that romantic partner, we want that friendship, we want that job, we want that money, but we have these subconscious beliefs that most of the time we're not even aware of that are holding us back and cause us to self-sabotage. Guys, I got to make a whole episode on self-sabotage because I had a huge problem with self-sabotaging relationships, friendships, and it'll still, like these self-sabotaging patterns will still come up these days. Still come up these days? Yeah, still come up these days. (laughs) But I, now that I'm aware that self-sabotaging is a thing, it makes it easier for me to notice when I'm self-sabotaging. So it's just crazy to me to think about like there was a time that I had no idea that self-sabotage was a thing. And so obviously it like got the best of me. So I just really want to do a whole episode about it just to educate people so that you guys can start to become familiar with your self-sabotaging patterns too. But yes. So, (gasps) oh, there's a bug. Um, Okay. Sorry. 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 Got it. Okay, (laughs) moving on. Where am I? So we need to become consciously aware of these limiting beliefs and clear them out. Get them out of here because until we do that, they're going to keep running the show. They're going to keep running our lives. They're going to keep holding us back. We're going to keep self-sabotaging. Now, I want to talk about our programs. The Programs that are running our subconscious mind now. So from the ages of zero to seven, we are a walking subconscious mind. 
okay, the wavelength that our brain is in, it makes us just be a literal walking subconscious mind. We are like a freaking sponge just soaking in everything around us because little kids, they're creating their view of the world. So we are picking up beliefs of our parents or our primary caretakers, our school teachers, society, the media. We are just soaking all of it in. Now, most people, they get these programs, these beliefs, and they let it run the show for their whole lives. But now more and more people are becoming aware that, oh my gosh, we can actually become very aware of these programs that are running our subconscious mind and we can change them. Wow. Subconscious rewiring. Gotta love it. So how do we change these programs? Well, our subconscious thoughts will become conscious when we start to ask better questions. This is why I am a sucker for some journal prompts. (laughs) Diving in, asking yourself questions to uncover things. It's great also doing this with a coach to get a different um, perspective, a different lens to help you out. So when we become conscious of our subconscious beliefs, this is when we can transmute them. And when we ask our brain a question, guess what? It has to give us an answer. Now, it might not give you this answer immediately. I've had times where I have asked a question and I'll get the answer like a couple days later or something in a meditation or in a breath work. So yeah, that's pretty cool. (laughs) Now, we live out the same experiences over and over again. For example, attracting bad partners. Until we uncover the subconscious belief that was holding us in this cycle. So if you are constantly finding yourself attracting these partners, being in these relationships with a specific type of person, maybe like an emotionally unavailable person or a narcissistic person or whatever, you're always attracting the same type of person. We got to uncover What is the subconscious belief that is holding you in this cycle? Because until you do that, the cycle is going to keep repeating itself. Now, let me tell you about the goal of your subconscious mind, why it exists. It exists to keep us alive That's it. (laughs) Its sole purpose is to keep us safe, keep us alive. Now, that is why change is so freaking hard. Because when I say keep you safe, what is safe to the subconscious is just what it's familiar with, what it already knows, because then it knows what to expect and therefore is, quote, safe. So that's why change is hard because anything that's new, anything that's unfamiliar, the subconscious mind sees as unsafe. So it's going to do anything to hold you back from it, aka self-sabotage. Anything, just putting these, you know, thoughts in your head to make you um, not want to do whatever it is, this change that you want to do. It doesn't even matter if the change could be amazing for you. Like it's a good kind of change. Just because it's different, the subconscious is seeing it as unsafe. 
So now I want to talk about the prime directives of the subconscious mind. So number one, I just talked about, which is to keep you alive. Now, number two, your subconscious mind, it runs the body. Okay. It stores all of our memories in the body, all of them, all of them. (laughs) And it represses memories that were traumatizing for us. This is why so many people forget chunks of their lives. Like, you know how sometimes we'll be like, oh my gosh, like ages 8 to 12, like I don't remember anything. It's suppressing memories that were traumatizing. Now, number three, it stores and organizes memories. So even if you don't consciously remember it, it is housed in your subconscious mind. And memories can come up when something triggers it. So like maybe something happens in your present moment and then you feel kind of triggered and you can ask yourself, oh my gosh, like when did something happen that reminds me of this? And then that memory is revealed to you. This is why we should ask better questions. So number four, like I was kind of just saying, it represses memories with unresolved emotions. So we repress memories to keep ourselves safe. But (laughs) the memory lives in our subconscious and it runs everything we do. This is why we need to become aware and recognize what our subconscious patterns are. And these repressed emotions, they can come out in different ways. For example, anger. But when we bring the unconscious conscious, bringing it out from the dark into the light, that is when we are able to resolve those emotions and then let it clear, let it pass. Then you won't be stuck in that cycle anymore. Like, for example, maybe the cycle is um, you maybe have a fear of abandonment. So when things are getting, I don't know, good with someone. I'm trying to think of a pattern here. Maybe you tend to leave before someone can leave you because of your fear of abandonment. You're self-sabotaging the relationship. You are leaving before someone has a chance to leave you. Until you become aware that that is a pattern that you do and you work on it, it's going to keep happening. This is why it's so important to become familiar with our patterns. Now, number five, it presents repressed memories to resolve. When you feel it, you're ready to heal it. I, a while ago, was in a big old healing era. And I remember just, I would just be like chilling, watching something. And just like a memory would just come up. It literally just would like show me memories out of nowhere that I was ready to heal. It's never going to show you anything, bring up any repressed memory that you are not ready for. So that's good. (laughs) Okay, number six, it uses symbols to interpret and it only thinks in pictures and symbols. So I kind of want to combine this with number nine. Number nine is it does not process negatives. So let me put these together and let me give an example. If I said, Do not think of a blue tree. What are you picturing right now? 
a blue tree, right? Because it doesn't pick up those words, those negative words, like do not. It did not hear do not. It heard blue tree and I saw a blue tree. You also probably saw a picture of the blue tree, not the words blue tree. So this is why it's so important when you're doing your affirmations, you always want to state what you do want, not what you don't want. Don't say, I don't want to be broke. I don't want to be sad because all it's going to hear is broke and sad. So instead, say what you do want, how you do want to feel. All right, number seven. It takes everything personally. Your perception is your perspective. Everything that we see in other people, it is a reflection of something that is going on within us. This is like how people say that we're all mirrors for each other. If you're able to see something in someone else, it's because you have it in you on some sort of level. Number eight, your subconscious mind will take the path of least resistance. It will always take the easiest route with the least amount of effort. So for example, having thoughts like, I already didn't go to the gym today, so I'll just try next week. And say, for example, okay, maybe a goal you have is to start working out. Like this is something new to you. So you have two options. You could either sit on the couch and watch some Netflix or you could go to the gym. What's your subconscious mind going to want to get you to do? The easier thing, which is just sit down, chill, relax, watch your show. So that's why like it can be kind of hard to get yourself to go to the gym So this is why like you have to think you could pick the thing that gives you pleasure in the moment, but that's not going to get you anywhere. Like what would you benefit more from that 20 minutes of pleasure of just sitting on the couch watching Netflix or the benefits that come with having this workout routine? So yeah, you got to think about that. Think about it in the long run, not what's going to give you the short-term pleasure, but what's going to give you the long-term benefits. Okay, and number 10, because we already did number nine, number 10, it is responsible for your morals and the way you operate in the world. So yeah, like your beliefs that you picked up when you were young. And obviously, your morals decide how you show up in the world. If you have good morals, you're probably not going to rob a gas station. (laughs) Okay, number 11. Your subconscious mind wants to be directed. It wants to do things for you. It wants to serve you. It just needs clear, direct orders to follow. So this is great. It literally wants to serve us. So what do you need to do? You need to have clear goals, clear intentions. Be very clear with what it is that you want. So... Number 12 is something that I'm going to talk about in just a minute. Um, It's about how our subconscious mind controls our perception. It's about how we um, distort, delete, and generalize data, information. I'll talk about that more in depth in just a sec. Um, Last one of the prime directives. Number 13, it maintains your instincts and generates habits. The more you repeat an action, the quicker the habit forms. Think about like, you know, when you're driving and a few like minutes will pass or something and you're like, oh my gosh, how did I get here? How have I even been driving? 
you can thank your subconscious for that. (laughs) And think about how when we first were learning how to drive, you remember you'd sit in the car and you'd be like, okay, I got to check the mirrors. Okay, now I'm putting the key in the ignition. Turn this. Put it in park. Not park. Drive. Whatever, whatever. We had to think about all those steps consciously. Until... We started doing it enough that now the behavior is automatic. Like we just sit in the car. We don't even think about it. We just turn it on. We just go. Because now it's an automatic behavior. Also, like when you're in the shower and, you know, you just pick up the razor. You just pump the shampoo out. Like it's not something you have to think like, okay, now I'm going to put shampoo. Like it's just like it's a process. Like it just happens. I mean, we've been showering our whole lives. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) I'm here to interrupt this episode to let you know that I have spots available right now for one-to-one life and mindset coaching. If you are tired of living on autopilot, you are ready to consciously create a life that actually makes you happy, ready to dive deep, learn about yourself, learn about your patterns, learn how to strengthen your relationship with yourself and get what you truly want out of life. And if you don't know what you truly want out of life, figuring out what you truly want out of life. If you are ready, you can go to the link in my bio at Transform with Kiana. My one-to-one coaching application is in that link. You can go ahead and fill that out. And if you have any questions, you can send me a DM. All right, bye. Enjoy the rest of the episode. So our subconscious mind is taking in like millions of bits of information a second. But we can consciously only handle like 40 to 50 bits of that information. So that is why our subconscious mind, after taking in information through our five senses, our sight, our hearing, our touch, our uh, smell, our taste, it deletes, distorts, and generalizes that data through well, through several different things, which I'll go through right now. And this is why, this is why our subconscious rules everything. And it's so important to make sure that our subconscious beliefs are beliefs that we actually want it to have. Like for example, you might have, okay, let's say that you consciously, you want to be able to make a lot of money so that you can, you know, live a life you want, travel, whatever it is. But If you have beliefs in your subconscious that you picked up when you were younger, like maybe, oh, only only greedy people want to make a lot of money or, oh, making a lot of money is so hard. You'll You'll be having to work all the time that you don't even have time to enjoy the money you make. Like if you have all these beliefs in your subconscious, then that's going to actually be holding you back subconsciously from making that amount of money. Because it's because, whoa, <laughs> sorry, I <laughs> I wish you could have seen my face just now. I totally just like broke in the middle of that sentence. But anyway, because since you have this belief that, oh, only greedy people want money, then why would your subconscious want you to get money? Because then you're going to be greedy. People are going to think you're greedy. Like, you see what I mean? Like, we got to get our subconscious beliefs on the same page as what we consciously want. Okay, anyway. So like I was saying, we delete, distort, and generalize data because like I said, we're getting millions of information, of bits of information, and we can only consciously handle like 40 to 50. So 
some things that could affect the way that you are taking in information could be the time or the location, like the context of the situation. So let me give you an example. Let's say that it is um, 6 p.m. and your friend calls you and is like, hey, I just got a flat tire. Do you mind coming to pick me up and take me home? Whatever, something like that. You'll probably just be like, oh, yeah, sure. Like, I'm on my way. Now, let's say that your friend calls you at 3 a.m. with the same request. You might take that a little bit differently. You might say yes. You might say no. I don't know. But you're definitely going to take that in differently than you would if it were 6 p.m. So see how the time had something to do with that. Also, your mood, how you're currently feeling. Let's say you're in a great mood and something happens that like is a little bit annoying. Like, I don't know, maybe someone cuts you off in traffic, which I know not everyone cares about that. Let's just pretend. Let's just pretend that everyone gets annoyed when people cut them off in traffic. (laughs) So if you're in a good mood, it might not bother you as much. But if you're already angry or just you're having a bad day you're not in a good mood and then somebody cuts you off on top of that it's gonna make you angrier than it normally would have which I know that's not the case for everyone but I'm just making up an example (laughs) okay how else do we delete distort generalize things well our memories our perception of a past experience so an example here could be like let's say Let's say that you're watching TV. Someone asks you to turn down the volume. One person might just be like, okay, yeah, sure. Turns down the volume, whatever, moving on. Not a big deal. Now let's say that there is someone who in their childhood, maybe one of their parents used to get so mad at them. If the TV was too loud, maybe they'd be like, oh my gosh, you always have the TV so loud. You're so annoying. Turn it down. Like yelling at them to turn the TV down, telling them that they're annoying, something like that. So now think of that person. Today, somebody tells them to turn down the TV. They're going to have a different reaction because they have this memory from the past. So they might, well, get triggered. They might get defensive. They might get hurt, upset. You see? All right. Um, Also, your beliefs and your values. So what you believe about the world and what you think is important. Those are also going to be filters for how you perceive things. And also your identity, what you believe about yourself. So let's say if you have like a like not the best self-concept. So maybe if someone compliments you, you – take it differently than someone would who had a belief like their identity was that they they were confident they were confident in the way they looked or something so does that make sense what I'm trying to say here the way you see yourself like your identity too could also um have an impact on the way you generalize delete distort filter the information that you are taking in Now, the information that you are taking in after you delete, distort, and generalize it, that is your internal representation. Now, 
that along with your physiology. Physiology is so important. I I thought this was so cool when I was learning about it. The way that you are like sitting. Like for example, if you are kind of slouched over, like shrinking down, <laughs> I'm doing it as though anyone can see me right now. Um, that's going to give you different thoughts than if you were to sit up straight, shoulders back. That's going to make you feel more confident. So your physiology, along with your internal representation, that is going to give you your state of being. Now from that is how you're going to behave. And obviously the way you behave is going to give you certain results. Now I want to talk about something that I have talked about before, and this is the difference between living in cause and living in effect. So being at cause means that you know that you are responsible for your perception and therefore your life experience. So it doesn't matter what is happening outside of you. What matters is how your internal representation is perceiving it, okay? You could have the same thing happen to two people. Okay, I'll give an example. Let's say you got a flat tire. Two people got a flat tire. One person might be like, oh my gosh, this is so frustrating. This is so annoying. I can't believe this is happening. I just wanted to go home and eat my dinner, but now I have to deal with this. And it ruins their whole day. Now, the other person could understand that maybe getting this flat tire was out of their control. Maybe they, I'm going to assume most of the time it's out of our control, right? (laughs) Unless you like purposely went over something. Anyway, It happened. It's done. You can't go back in time. You can't undo it. So now this person might be just calm, cool, collected because they understand that and they understand like, you know, things happen. They're not going to let it ruin the rest of their day. So this kind of leads me to life is 10% what happens to you things that are out of our control, things that just happen to us, and 90% how you react to it. So flat tire happened to both of these people. One person is just going to, you know, deal with it, move on. The other person, they're going to let it ruin their whole night. They might even let it ruin their next morning. They might wake up and be like, oh my gosh, I still can't believe my flat tire. Everything is just so annoying. And then let it ruin their next day too. So we are responsible for choosing how we react to the things that happen to us. So it's also a good mindset. Something that's helped me a lot is seeing how things are happening for me. Not to me, like, why is this happening to me, to me, to me? But how is this happening for me? Like an uncomfortable conversation with a friend or a coworker or whatever, whatever. You could be thinking like, oh my gosh, why do I have to go through this? Or you could be thinking, how is this conversation helping us communicate and move through something and strengthen the relationship? How is this helping us? That doesn't mean just because you think like how is something happening for you doesn't mean that it's going to make 
whatever is happening, like, oh, this easy peasy love and light butterflies type of thing. Like it could still be hard. It could still be difficult, but you're choosing to see how it could help you in the long run instead of victimizing yourself and being like, why is this happening to me? (laughs) So something that you could do in a moment where maybe a moment where you get a flat tire, (laughs) you could stop, just pause, become aware of your thoughts. Maybe you're spiraling. Maybe the flat tire happened and you're spiraling like, why did this happen? Why did this happen? Become aware of that pause. I always love to take like two deep breaths. Honestly, a deep breath does freaking wonders. Also something that helps um, a pattern interrupt, look to the left, look to the right, look up, look down. I also love to do that. That helps a lot too. Helping to regulate our nervous system. All righty, folks. (laughs) That is the end of today's episode. Thank you for coming to class. Thank you for listening. Thank you for learning about the subconscious mind. If you felt like you learned some valuable information in this, post it on your Instagram story, tag me, um, DM me your takeaways. I always love to hear what everyone's takeaways were from the episode. What'd you take away from it? Okay, obviously take away. What'd you take away from it? (laughs) Anyway, let me know. I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye.